You're listening to Out of Nowhere, a series featuring emergent brands with somewhat unexpected origins. Your host is Justin Watkins of Native Digital, a marketing firm specializing in brand messaging and performance media. Let's jump in. There are uh, over a billion people around the world uh, who have been miscategorized because of who they are, what kind of income they have, where they come from, um, um, and various other uh, parameters uh, as bad actors or um, um, uh, as as unknown actors, right? Uh, because of which uh, you know it creates barriers for them. Uh, you know, in today's day and age. Um, for anything you do, whether you're you're uh, you know consuming content, whether you're buying products, you want to know uh, uh, who that is, uh, and you're looking for credibility, uh, and that's a, at the heart of any kind of interaction, uh, especially uh, when it when it has to do with money. And if people are miscategorized uh, or incorrectly labeled uh, or never labeled at all. Uh, it creates barriers for them to do literally anything, whether it's renting a car, uh, renting an apartment, sending, uh, going to a, a, a specific institution to learn something, uh, or even buying uh, food. Um, and uh, you know, I I come from that community. I grew up in that community. Um, I've faced uh, some of these challenges. Uh, uh, growing up, uh, my parents came from extreme poverty. They have faced even more of those challenges uh, throughout their life and uh, always wanted to do something about it. Um, and in 2012, I had the good fortune of uh, joining uh, PayPal, uh, spent five years there. And during the journey, uh, I got the opportunity to understand how the system works why this happens uh, what are every what's every moving part in the system what's causing this and uh, uh, with this with that learning um, um, uh, uh, I've, I've, I was able to uh, solve this problem and uh, uh, do that in the last leg of my journey at PayPal I was given the opportunity to replatform and reimagine uh, PayPal for the underbanked and underserved. Um, and uh, that was coming full circle for someone like me, um, but very quickly uh, realized that incumbents, uh, new entrants, um, uh, however well-intentioned, uh, were mostly trying to solve problems from a uh, engineering business uh, um, or a product standpoint. Uh, they were not solving it from a customer point of view. Uh, because they never themselves generationally had faced the challenges for which they were trying to build solutions. When I say they, all the people uh, involved, usually great companies have great people, they go to great schools, and uh, more often than not, uh, those folks historically, them and their parents have, have never uh, faced challenges. And so, um, um, uh, you know, want to do something about it. Um, I am a huge fan of uh, Shoe Dog uh, by Phil Knight and Bill Bauman, how Phil Knight and Bill Bauman uh, built Nike because, you know, the, the market was totally saturated with like Converse, Adidas, Reebok, Puma, Asics, uh, Lacoste, like you name it. Uh, uh, but they felt like as athletes themselves, uh, athletic wear was not being done 
from an athlete's point of view. Um, and they started on a journey, which we know how it has turned out. Nike has become uh, leading uh, at leisure or athletic wear, sportswear brand in the world. I felt something similar could be done in financial services. Um, uh, with my background, having faced these challenges myself, and now having had the education and the tools uh, uh, in the, from the Academy of PayPal to solve it, uh, I felt I could do something similar. But I had stayed away from this community and um, I'd done very well for myself for over a decade. Uh, so I thought it would be prudent to embed myself back in the community. Uh, so I took a hiatus from Tech Carrier, became a full-time uh, Uber and Lyft driver, done about 36,000 miles covering everything from Fresno to Folsom in the San Francisco Bay Area um, to understand who are these people, where do they come from, what are their challenges. Uh, because initially, uh, I thought this was all about uh, the gig economy um, and uh, you know, gig economy was booming because of Uber and Lyft. In fact, that they were the ones uh, who, 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 who got the start end of the stick. Uh, but very quickly realized uh, that uh, through my passengers, seven out of 10 of those face the same predicament as the Uber drivers themselves, uh, which is, um, you know, poor directors, dishwashers, uh, front office staff, warehouse workers, you name it. Uh, these folks, uh, a lot of them who were in full-time positions, who were in W-2 jobs, uh, not gig workers, uh, still had fluctuating income because of uh, you know, either their gender, uh, the kind of work arrangements they had, corporate policy, public policy, so on and so forth. And so uh, with that insight, uh, learning that, you know, this is a big problem uh, uh, faced by a, a large uh, a group of people um, um, and my past experiences, um, uh, you know, uh, seeded what uh, uh, eventually became being um, and what what, what Beam is, is uh, that we, during my time at PayPal and during this journey, we learned that you know these people were mislabeled. Uh, so their risk was not assessed accurately or was never assessed. And so there was no way to uh, ever uh, uh, do transactions. And if it is done, it is done at a very high cost for with them. And so how do we chase, solve this problem? Now that uh, I, I know who is facing this problem, and I have the tools to solve this problem, but how do we go about uh, the number one way to solve this is by convincing these people to share their personal information, share their financial information. Why would someone do that? Uh, you need to give them a compelling reason uh, to do that. Uh, and what could that compelling reason be? And so in this journey, one of the things that we uncovered is most of these folks had fluctuating income and uh, they needed a little bit of a boost uh, uh, um, about 10 times a year, uh, uh, about two to two, three times. And if somebody was able to do that in a form factor, uh, in, in, uh, in, in, in a sort of uh, experience that they can understand, that they can trust, uh, that is not onerous, uh, they would then, in exchange for that, provide their information. Then that data could be used uh, to, to use to, and, and using modern technologies like AI and ML could be used to accurately uh, um, you know, uh, uh, profile these people, risk rank them uh, so that barriers could be eliminated and equitable access of uh, um, uh, uh, payments, 
um, or you know distribution of goods and services could be done. Uh, so that's how we got started. Um, and uh, we started off by uh, um, helping them uh, with the cash boost. Um, um, and we would do it in a in a very uh, uh, um, simple way, we would deliver it similar to services they were already aware of, Spotify, Netflix, uh, you name it, uh, subscription-based, easy for them to understand, uh, no due date, uh, no interest, uh, no credit checks, no credit restrictions. Um, uh, you know, They just link their bank account in under two minutes. They just give their uh, date of birth and the phone number and link their bank account and you know they can get access to this along with a suite of services to help them manage their financial life uh, for as low as two dollars forty seven cents per month. Uh, so and whenever they needed cash infusion, uh, they could get like fifty forty fifty bucks uh, for gas, groceries, bills, medicines, and other things. And that kicked it off. Uh, and um, you know we started getting this data and started building the tools and technologies. Uh, to start risk ranking them. Uh, we came out of stealth in fall of 2021. Um, since then, uh, uh, we have moved about $100 million through our platform. Uh, and that movement of those uh, transactions requires a lot of uh, risk assessment, product assessment, ID verification, um, 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 movement of money and the, uh, you know, the various challenges associated with it, depending on who that person is, which bank they are uh, using and other things. And that has led us to where we are uh, today. Um, so we have done, we have prevented over a million and a half financial emergencies for people. Um, we've moved uh, about $100 million and ending FI 2022, we became profitable. So came out of stealth fall of 2021, Help more than a million people by fall by end of 2022 and uh, became profitable. That's that's amazing. That that's amazing uh, numbers right off the bat. Do you think uh, you talked about people being miscategorized? And I think anybody who's ever been mislabeled in anything uh, is frustrating, right? Because you're like, no, that's not who I am. Um, and we fight it all the time. And you hear people say things like that. Um, do you think that if this idea had been tried 15 years ago? Uh, we would have had the pattern recognition capabilities to to do that properly, or would it have been too early if we tried if you tried this fifteen years ago? Um, you know, it, it's much easier today, but it could have been done. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and the the world uh, uh, could have been in a better place uh, if if it had been done. Uh, it was not. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, it could yeah, have been done. Uh, so you think, uh, look at uh, countries like India, uh, right? They started on this journey about 10 years ago, actually. Mm. Uh, and, it, you know, one of their, the, the key driving forces for them, for India uh, uh, from going from nowhere to becoming uh, one of the top five uh, economies in the world and soon to be one of the top three economies in the world is them taking that initiative at the uh, uh, public policy level, uh, like the government saying, hey, you know what? We need to get more uh, people involved. We need to, uh, and when we do it, we need to do it the right way. These are mistakes that we have seen happen around the world. Let's not uh, uh, make the same mistakes. And that has led to this transformation. And uh, if, if, if that those ethos could be adopted everywhere, um, absolutely, uh, it could be uh, exceptionally transformational.
Yeah, that's great. You've helped over a million, it sounds like a million and a half already, um, sort of situations that they were in and you were helped relieve that. And it's obvious that you're uh, in touch with customers. I mean, the, the Uber ride uh, drive-alongs is, is a great thing to, for people to picture. Do you, it sounds to me that this is such a major jump from what they had as a financial tool option before, such a big jump that I would assume you probably get a reaction of this is fantastic. And then you probably also get a reaction of like, well, what's the catch? Because this is like, this has got to be too good to be true, right? Like, do you get people who are like, no, this can't be as you're saying, right? This is so, this is so much from from the segment, uh, from, from, from the top uh, 10, 20% of the people, uh, people, let's say who work at Facebook or Google or all these places, uh, they, they, they would react probably like, okay, what's the catch? And, uh, uh, or, or why do you need it? Why can't someone just ask their friend to Venmo it? And because they, they don't, they don't live the life. Right but, yeah. but, but, but for the everyday Joe and Jane, uh, no, uh, they, they get it. Uh, so they obviously want to know how this works. That is the first thing that we did. Like, you know, in, as part of our onboarding, we basically very clearly, absolutely transparently tried to tell them, this is how it's going to work. Like, this is our understanding of your financial life. And based on this, this is how much we can help you. And this is how it's going to work. Are you okay with this? Right. And if you are okay with this, proceed. Uh, right. Uh, and so, um, you know, we try to uh, uh, um, ensure that, that, you know, they never uh, um, feel like there is a catch. Uh, but uh, for, from, from a reaction perspective, you ask, like, uh, you know, uh, how do customers feel like it's, it's, a, it's a big jump? How do they feel about that? Uh, so I, my, one of my favorite examples um, uh, is, uh, uh, it is, it is, a, you know, it, it is a sad story, but, but, uh, you know, it, it tells you how transformational, uh, uh, you know, uh, thinking about problems this way can be. Uh, so husband and wife in their thirties, uh, two kids uh, living hand to mouth. Um, uh, mom suddenly uh, uh, falls sick, almost terminally sick. And so uh, uh, the husband's mom, and so now she's also living with them. They already are living hand to mouth in a very tight situation. Both husband and wife are in a W-2 kind of job, but they, the, 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 the job does not have paid leaves. Uh, the job uh, uh, has shifting uh, hours, so their, their income fluctuates. And they've never uh, 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 taken credit. Uh, and because they've never taken credit, people continue to view them as, oh, you don't have a credit card means you might be a bad actor. Because if you're a good actor, first thing anybody would do is go get a credit card after they get a job. And you know you seem to not have it, so you probably are a bad actor. Um, and so um, uh, wife goes to work, come back, comes back from work. Um, she's yet to get her paycheck uh, and is expecting the husband to come home. And husband comes home, and when he comes home, uh, wife uh, asks the husband, like, okay, did you get everything I asked you to get? He said, like, I got all the medicines, and I'm out of cash, uh, and, and uh, hopefully you got some food. And she's like, well, I, I didn't get my paycheck today, so I, I had the money to get food, and I thought you were going to get medicines and food, medicines for the mother and food for the kids. And the kids are all hungry and waiting. Um, he has forgotten, and he's beat. He's really beat, like he, he's super tired uh, and there's no money, right? And this is a story that they wrote on the app store. Like this is like public information. And uh, fortunately, like they were both subscribers of Beam and 
uh, they were able to press a button and instantly receive uh, 40 bucks Uber Eats store credit. They were able to use that to get food delivered and sleep peacefully that night uh, and were able to sort out their situation. Uh, uh, just imagine what would have happened if uh, we did not exist, uh, right? Uh, where would they go? Uh, yes, they could have asked their friends and family, uh, but I don't know what their friends and family situations, but this is the story that they told us. And, and these we have prevented these kinds of situations uh, a million plus times uh, since we came out of stealth in fall of 2020. Yeah. It seems like uh, this is a big deal. This, if, if you are mislabeled uh, or not labeled at all in some cases, right? Um, you're high risk. And the traditional way to handle high risk is, you know, high interest rates uh, or no options at all. And you're basically coming along and saying like, uh, this is a pretty unintelligent process. And there's patterns that we can pick up and ways to do that uh, efficiently today. And we can make this a much smarter process. And there's people who are deemed high risk that are not high risk. In fact, uh, it's a very strong way to do, you know, in some cases like micro lending, right. For everyday things that are a huge need. Um, and that's what you're doing. And it's like, a, it sounds to me like, well, yeah, this is like obviously overdue. Like why, like kind of to your point, like there's been things like this in different places. Uh, but now like, how do we make this really accessible and easy for people to do? Yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. Uh, so with just what we have done, now that we have done it, uh, uh, you know, for uh, we moved hundred million dollars, we moved hundred million dollars for our own money, uh, uh, and we were able to do that. We haven't raised hundred million dollars. We were able to do that because, uh, you know, first of all, uh, uh, there is this you know perception risk that you know people are bad actors based on some old notions uh, or broken processes. Uh, we, through our own process, having moved hundred million dollars and recovered all of those funds. Uh, and if we hadn't, we wouldn't be here today. Uh, and we were able to do that because of quick recycling, because people are good, right? If people were to take money and run away, which is the perception that is out there in the world, uh, then this would have failed. The fact that it did not fail, the fact that we became profitable, a seed stage startup uh, in this market condition uh, became profitable is a testament to the fact that people in general are good, right? Like. There is no interest. There is no, we don't even report to credit bureau. You can take the money and run away. But people know that if they do that, it's like, you know, killing the golden goose. Like you get the egg, it's not. And, and people are in general good. People in general are smart. And uh, this is testament to that. Uh, coming to your question about, you know, how do we, how do we con continue to expand on this uh, narrative? So for us, uh, because we were able to move $100 million and we were able to recover most of it. We were able to do it in such a short amount of time um, and became profitable. That means we had to do several things right. We had to reinvent how we acquire customers. Typically, when you talk about financial services, uh, I saw your uh, uh, interview with uh, uh, Halo's founder, uh, Halo Investing's founder. And it's like when they went to the venture capitalists, they were told, uh, you know, why are you going direct to consumer? It's too expensive, right? Um, well, if, if if the right innovation is done in customer acquisition, it is not. Uh, so we had to reinvent how we acquired customers uh, because we didn't have a lot of resources. Um, we had to reinvent how 
we assess risk uh, and label these folks. We had to reimagine how we uh, develop fraud uh, uh, and ID verification tools. We had to reimagine how we do customer support. We had to reimagine how we do OPEX, how we do uh, COGS, uh, cost of goods, uh, right? All of these things we had to get right uh, in, for us to do what we did in, in this much this time. Um, now, we that has allowed us to really build technologies across all of these units that we can now expose to others because we cannot do everything. Uh, we have to do it with others. And so now we can open it up to our others. You can say, hey, uh, credit union in, in small town uh, 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 America, um, uh, you know, you have so many customers, they have never taken credit and you're not giving helping them because you don't know how to ask this, but I can, and I can do it much, much more efficiently. And I literally don't need any, any data. I can just use your bank transaction history that you already have and help you identify the health of your customers and who can be helped and how can they be helped? Uh, and how can you help them while also uh, getting the economics right? Because we got the economics right. I can I can open those things for you, uh, right? And that's that's the transformation journey that we are on next to open up this platform uh, for others uh, also to come and participate um, and, and, and do many things uh, yep. along with us. So I have a question for you. When you were in the in the seed round and trying to raise, do your initial raise, you typically the stories are you come across a lot of doubters and people are poking holes in the idea. Were there more people, uh, this might bring up a painful uh, time, but I, I just want, I'm just curious. Were there more people who were saying, uh, if, if you came across somebody who had doubts, was it because people are bad actors and I just don't believe that this is going to work? Or were they saying, oh, I think people are good, but you have to have incredible efficiencies and you have to be very efficient on acquisition cost, as you said. And I just don't believe that you can get it to be that efficient initially. Like what, or was it something else? Like what, what were the doubts that you've now had to overcome um, that people had initially when you were talking with investors? Almost 10 out of 10 uh, uh, in the investor community, almost 10 out of 10, right? Uh, um, uh, are folks uh, who are from well-off backgrounds and historically come from families that are well-off. No clue about the segment, right? And always, always, even to this day, everybody is like, oh, what if this could change? Oh, what if, you know, people, you never know people, they turn bad at like a, like, a, like a switch I'm like that's that's like literally impossible like you know uh, people don't change like overnight right uh, uh, it takes time and it takes uh, uh, an incredible amount of things to happen for somebody to change whether good to bad or bad to good whatever that may be uh, and the fact that we have done what we have done is proof that people are are, are good actors but you know uh, and uh, yeah, in the seed stage, like, like always, like, you, you know, one of your questions was, what is the gnarliest thing you had to solve for? Uh, the gnarliest thing to solve for is perception in our case, Yeah. Uh, right? This perception is so strong and is built over so many generations for various reasons. Uh, this is why public policy is the way it is and should change. This is why corporate policy uh, is the way it is, uh, right? Like there are um, you know, sixty percent of our users are women, and majority of those women don't even have paid leave. More often than not, 
caretaking responsibilities unfortunately fall on the shoulders of women. And so even though they are in full-time jobs uh, and they are extremely hardworking, they have to uh, take time off and they don't get paid during the time. So they're technically they're supposed to get like a steady income, but now it's not steady because of these kinds of things. Uh, or they earn, you know, 18% less than men. Uh, or people have not accounted for the fact that uh, the the med- medical expenses uh, that uh, uh, women have is 84%, uh, uh, so pre-tax, 84% higher than men on their pre-tax income. They spend almost 30 to 40% of their pre-tax income on healthcare uh, uh, than men. And these factors are not considered when people do corporate policy, people do public policy. Um, And, you know, we are where we are because of this. And when people look at our solution and why people would use it and why people would be good with it, uh, they're not thinking about all of these things. Right. They're like, oh, if a person is in W2, why does he need your service? They're getting a steady paycheck. But like if you look under the hood, you can see, you know, there are various reasons. Like, you know, if I'm, for example, if I'm a full time employee at uh, at a diner, uh, um, a well-known, well, big brand uh, uh, breakfast place or diner, um, my income is tip based wages. Tip based wages are at two dollars and something since the 90s. It hasn't changed. State level minimum wages have changed, but tip-based minimum wage hasn't changed, which is set federally, right? And so, because the assumption is, so you will you will get this much per hour, and it'll get covered through tips, uh, right? But the reality is, it doesn't. And a lot of times, they don't get tip because of things that are not in their control, uh, right? And an onerous accounting is required both on the employer side as well as on the employee side to say, hey, you know, I the tips that I earned did not cover the total wages. Um, and so you need to pay me to cover that. Nobody does that, right? So when, when, when I'm talking to these folks, they are not thinking through these things. They are not looking under the hood. So uh, the gnarliest thing for us is, you know, using our own money, using our own grit, uh, uh, we had to prove, and here we are uh, with data to say, well, you can't say no to data, right? right. You can say no to many things, yeah. Yeah, that the doubters are are fading away at this point uh, with that data. That's amazing. Um, at the beginning of this conversation, you you talked about Shoe Dog and you talked about how they, you know, there's all this product out there that didn't work for them, and there were this niche group of like fanatical runners, and so they had to create their own thing. And what immediately what I thought of is, yeah, that's so true. That's how a lot of groups start. But for me, what you're doing, it's almost the inverse of that. It's there's all this stuff that exists. And it doesn't work, but it's not this niche little group. It's the majority of humans that are alive today, but they've been overlooked because there are people making decisions that are completely detached, having never walked. Okay. I'll say it walked in their shoes, pardon the pun, but like you're, you're helping the majority of humans and it's somehow they uh, either didn't have a voice were overlooked. Nobody cared. Uh, But the product that you're replacing is like these, quick cash places with these predatory rates, you know, and that you guys should completely disrupt that huge industry. I mean, if as you're successful, you're going to start replacing that, um, which to me is, a, is the best thing about this is uh, that needs to die off and you've got something that's far better, right? Yep. And, and it's, it's beyond that. Uh, uh, it's, you know, to, for us to do what we do and to do, 
to to uh, achieve this this level of uh, efficiency uh, um, you know we got a lot of things right and we can now open that up for others so uh, for example mm. we have a you know, huge insurance company that is coming and co-designing insurance products after they heard the story they're like you know this is so true we are when we build insurance products it's almost like homogeneously built right just like how people are miscategorized because the the way they are categorized is homogeneous in nature uh, right we always uh, say this that you know uh, when people are coming up with uh, tips on how you can lead a better financial life uh, you know they're looking at a software engineer making let's say $20,000 a month and saving $10,000 in the same uh, lens as a barista who is making $3,000 a month traveling from a far off location to work in the metro location and then drive, going back and having uh, uh, two or three kids uh, and saving $200 out of the $3,000. They are always viewing that person as a bad actor and they're saying, oh, why can't you be like this person? He's saving 50% of the income. That's because his income is $20,000, right? This person is actually an amazing actor because even though she's living in this kind of an expensive place and you know jumping through so many hoops is still saving this much out of her very tiny income uh, after facing all of the challenges the society has put in front of her and so um you know when we talk about the story when we talked about to the uh, about this to the partners that's true about us also when we when we build insurance products we're building it very homogeneously thinking like oh everybody is like this you know uh, and you know they're either black or they're either white. Uh, that's not the case. They could be uh, you know in different shades. Um, and so let's co-design insurance products because you have such a deep understanding of this segment from a risk perspective. Uh, um, um, how do we work together to come up with newer products that can work at different price points for people in different situations? Uh, so uh, you know it's exciting uh, that you know. It's gone beyond as just, that was just the start where we started giving cash so that people could give us data and we could assess risk. And now with that trove of treasure trove of, um, you know, almost a trillion data points uh, across device and behavior and transactional data and bank data and all of these things, uh, the AI that we have built can do exceptional things uh, going forward for us and for others who want to serve this yeah. I mean, you've made uh, incredible progress in such a short period of time. What's been the most rewarding uh, part of it so far? The most rewarding part is these these stories that we get to hear directly from the customers, right? Uh, that, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a parent, uh, I'm a six-year-old boy, and, um, you know, um, it's hard for me to imagine uh, that, you know, not putting food on the table uh, for, for your kid, right? Uh, to hear people like, time and again that we prevented that uh um you know is the is the greatest reward um, um and also seeing that uh, as we have evolved our product you know we we we, we came out with uh, a newer platform we spent a ton of time where now we have uh, an instagram like feed uh that actually presents their financial information in an easily consumable way and we see heavy engagement on that and that is where we are surfacing products from other partners as well to in a risk rank fashion, seeing people engage on that. Like we had been around for a year and we had provided some of these services, but we provided it in a very traditional way as everyone else would. Like okay, if you want to know about your credit score, click here. Or if you want to know if you know you've been impacted by identity theft, click here. It was not engaging. 
with this replatforming, when we created this Instagram-like feed of your financial information that is easily consumable uh, and, and done on a regular basis, just like your other social media uh, apps, um, we saw the engagement go up. For the first time, people were like, hey, uh, I want to know more as to why my credit score went down. I want to know more as to, you know, I got an alert that my data is compromised. How do I go about fixing this? Right. Uh, I got a note that, you know, I might overdraft. Uh, is this true? Like, what do I do about it? And then, you know, that uh, has taken this uh, rewarding experience to the next level for us. That's awesome. So I, I have a prediction that people are going to want to check this out now that we've talked it up. Um, it's it's pretty cool. And so I would encourage people to check it out. What Where would you point them to if you wanted, if people were going to check it out, either to use it for themselves or if they wanted to join your team or anything like that? Yeah, trybeam.com uh, is the best place. Uh, you can even type beam now uh, uh, through the hard work of our team members. Uh, we now show up all the way on top uh, on Google search when you just type beam. Uh, you can you can try that as well. And you can find us on, on the app store as well. Uh, uh, all of these things. And on LinkedIn, uh, obviously, if you look for beam, uh, we are always looking for great people to join us on this journey. Uh, we are a uh, distributed 80 member uh, plus team uh, of fintech professionals uh, trying to change the world in a small way. And uh, we're always looking for people to join us on this journey. Heck yeah. All right. You heard it, guys. Check out Beam at trybeam.com. Uh, appreciate the time today. This has been great to hear your story so far. Hey, everyone. We've learned a lot from this podcast series, and we've put the good stuff in a handful of PDF frameworks. It's topics like messaging, channel strategy, and market fit. You can grab them at nativedigital.com slash resources.